Seltzer Kings podcasts. Hi, everybody. I am Joe Welke. I am Vance. And we are the hosts of Boys Watching Buffy, a podcast where we go through every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time and give our review and reactions. So come join two men who call themselves boys experiencing Sunnydale and the Buffyverse for the very first time. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you can find podcasts. Hi, we're, we're the, the Bradshaw, Bradshaw Boys. I wanted to tell you, we got a live show June 12th, Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House. It's going to celebrate the 20th year anniversary of the airing of the pilot of Sex in the City. We're going to have tons of surprises. We're going to read the pilot through and then we're going to do a live podcast recording. So come on out. We'd love to see you guys there. And if you listen to the podcast, uh, we'll be dropping little discount codes along the way if you guys keep listening. Okay. Oh, I'll drop a coupon code right now, Kevin. Uh, use the coupon code Capote Duncan to get five dollars off your ticket. That's C A P O T E D U N C A N. Capote Duncan, our favorite character from the pilot of Sex in the City. Go to at the Bradshaw Boys on social to get details about the show, or you can actually go to tinyurl.com/slash Bradshaw Boys Live and get your tickets there. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Bye. Listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even the Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome well, to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three grown men watch Sex in the City for the first time ever. Mostly. Mostly. I mostly. love how we're all holding up our hands there. Like, it's so <laughs> anticipation. This is it. This is the final episode. I'm John Sieber. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. And we are the Bradshaw, Bradshaw Boys. Boys. Watching Sex in the You already did that. This yeah, whole first it. season. We're done. We're done. We this watched is- Sex in the City. Mostly, mostly for their whole season. We yeah. watched, we watched it with our friend Shanae Alexander, our friend Selena Kopic, our friend Melina Kempf, Melina Kempf, Ariel Dumas, Dan Clay, Julian Anthony, Sarah Gregory, Bolin Gregory. Yeah, uh, and it's been amazing. So much fun. Um, we sent out a message to some of you guys and just asked for people to send in, um, like their voicemails, any questions they had and stuff about the show, and we're going to just answer some of those and talk a little bit about the show and the first season and our experience, and it's been a blast. So this will be like a little different episode, but I think it'll be fun, right? I think so. Everybody yeah. got their Cosmos and their cigarettes? Absolutely. Absa-fucking-lutely. Oh, right. PG-13. <laughs> and Kevin, you have some trivia for us, right? Should we start off? Let's start off with some trivia. Drop some trivia. trivia. Uh, I found a few things that, I don't know, whatever. Anyone that wants to go find this trivia, you can find yourself. But How, did, you, did you use Google? I used Goog. Oh, nice. Google. Now, Impressive. Uh, they ha- there's some good trivia and some bad trivia. Here's the first bad trivia. The show became so popular that a tour was set up to view the New York City locations of the series by bus. Is that true? No. Kevin, is no that way. true? That is true. And Kevin, give us some trivia about yourself that we've talked about all through season one. Well, that fact. our guest, remember our guest, Selena Kopic? She was one of those tour guides. I guess if you're looking like if you're in Belgium and you look this up, that'd be interesting. To us, it's obvious. <laughs> I'm being kind of rude. IMDB is a site that anyone in the world can go to. So sorry for being an arrogant New Yorker. All right. Here's some good trivia. Uh, <laughs> season one, episode one is called Sex and the City. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Whoa. Those were the two bad ones. This is, this is, uh, should we save some trivia and sprinkle it throughout the show? Or are you, are we just going to do one good one? Cause those, those both were very bad. Okay. Um, Cynthia Nixon does not have pierced ears. All of her earrings on the show were clip ons. Sometimes the costume designers, Patricia, Patricia Field, Field, would send away <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a cosmopolitan. Would send away earrings they liked to a jeweler, and they would make them clip-on earrings. Wow, so that's, that's cool. cool. 
Wow. That's interesting. You and know Stanford Blanche never wore a tie knot. All of his ties were clip-ons. They were all clip-ons. He can't... He, <laughs> Believe it or not. He can't... Uh, yeah, he can't... He doesn't know how to do a Windsor or... And apparently neither did the wardrobe department. Yeah, They no. can't do it either. Here's what I'm going to do. They try- I, I'm going to go to our Instagram with the great Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia And Nixon. I'm going to look and see if she... See, her ears are pierced in the picture that we got with her. So... Yeah, know. by the way, we haven't talked about that yet, and we don't have to spend a long time on it, but we met Cynthia Nixon. We met C- Cynthia. Hey, she's, she's running for governor of New York State. Did you guys know that I met Cynthia Nixon? No. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was with, with you guys. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, there. I, did know that. I was there. It was pretty, it was awesome. She came by our table. Yeah, we she, went to her campaign her, fundraiser. And it, it was her, her birthday party, and she came by and talked with us and shook our hands and... and uh, it was super polite and nice. It was I, great. Cynthia Nixon's head is about three times smaller than my head. Did you guys notice that? But that's just because you have a gigantic head. I have a bamf. <laughs> I have a for sure bamf. Big What's ass it? motherfucking head. <laughs> and, and she has a normal sized head. But whenever I meet a celebrity, I'm always very shocked how much large, smaller their head is than my head. I, I would make her um, the head of the NSH. What's the NSA? Normal size heads. Um, I thought that was a government. <laughs> the NSA. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we met her. She was she was absolutely lovely, and uh, and then we also got to meet the the great Kushball classic. We, yeah, we met. met Rosie O'Donnell. She hosted the gala. She hosted the gala. It was pretty. She went up with some pretty R rated material, and then talked about surprisingly how- she was pro Trump though. <laughs> She was very pro Trump. Yeah, she was. Uh, she had uh, her MAGA hat on. It was really confusing for all of us. Um, now she uh, she talked to she. I they must be good friends. She she asked her to come by. Um, but yeah, we we met Cynthia Nixon. Hopefully, we'll get to meet her again. Hopefully, we'll get her on here at some point. Um, I feel like that that made it real. That made it within the grasp of being like she's a normal person. Completely I think normal. she'd be down with so, a normal size head. With a <laughs> normal size head, normal person. I feel like she would totally be down to do the show. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. That's that's uh, we have no inside track on that. Um, but but I think I think it'll happen. I think if we put it out, it'll happen. Yeah. I bet we could get three out of four on by the end. Wow. Including yep. are you including Noth in this equation? I was I was including um, Skipper Rich Stein. I don't know what actor that is. Um, Rich but, Stein from episode one. I yeah, think? just like a picture. He just says like I work on Wall Street and I masturbate or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, uh, that was that was trivia. That's cool. She doesn't she d- didn't pierce her ears. That's cool. I That's love that. Insane. Well, um, let's talk about season one. So we've fin- we've watched all of season one. Our whole thing when we started this podcast was. I had seen a few episodes. John had seen a few episodes. Kevin hadn't seen any episodes. Now we've gone through and... Um, we've seen a season. We've seen an entire season of the show now. Yeah. We're seasoned. Sorry. It's okay. I feel like that is a joke that I would make and be proud of. So okay. it's okay that you said that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I would say initial reaction that uh, I I've just enjoyed it way more So than I thought I would. I thought I'd enjoy doing the podcast, but I enjoy watching the episodes. More than doing the podcast. More than doing yeah, the podcast. It's an obligation after I watch it. I'm like, can I leave? <sighs> um, and then it's been really, really, really fun to have an excuse to get into the Sex and the City world, like on Instagram and running our accounts and like talking with people about it. It's just been fun for people to be like, hear about it and then be like, what are you thinking? And talk with people outside of the podcast about it. And then you're like, oh, I'm in like this, this group I was never a part of. It was like when I read Harry Potter finally after making fun of it for a while, then I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, why did I spend so much time not reading Harry Potter? Now I'm in the club. Now you're in the Harry Potter club and I get to make fun of you guys all day. You haven't read it? You've never, never read, read Harry Potter? It. No, I've listened to half of the first audiobook. Oh, that's the best part, though. You don't need to read the, the first half of the first <laughs> audiobook is the best part. Once oh, you're an so hour good. and a half in, you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, just just hang it up. Yeah, I'm a total muggle. <laughs> what does that mean? What What's your guys' favorite parts? Of, of the, Harry Potter? Of Harry Potter? <laughs> book Harry three. Potter. No, wait, Harry, our favorite oh. parts of the show? Are we doing like, of, of or just, are we like just the doing experience it? so far? I, I mean, I, my, I, I knew that I liked the show beforehand, but. Now I like it even more. Um, and I've been surprised at the 
I've been surprised at the character depth, I guess, of mm-hmm. each one. Like, I feel like I've seen more rounded characters of each of the four gals. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also, there's a theory that I want to bring up, but I don't want to bring it up yet. Okay. Uh, my wife once told me that Sex and the City was a, a show about five characters. The four ladies in New the York City. City. Nice. And that for me has been the best part of this experience so far is kind of seeing how New York has changed and talking with you all how New York has changed. And uh, it's just been really fun to to kind of revisit New York in the early 90s uh, or late 90s, late, late 90s, 90s. Yeah. late 90s. And just uh, see some things that I think will never, ever change about New York mm-hmm. and, and some things that feel so distant, like feel 100 years old. Are and, you? Uh, are you referring specifically to Club Chaos? No, I I was at Club Chaos last week, actually. <laughs> yeah, John, you you it was insane. You're a regular and you bounce there. Yes. You bartend yes. on Wednesdays. Yes. You're there all the time at Club all Chaos. All the time, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think uh it is so true and it feels like pretentious, but when you live here, it's like a pretty self-involved city and people, even when you live here, love talking about mm-hmm. New York City. But it is so it's just fun to watch how it's changed and then walk around like walking around and um, and like living here. Anytime I walk past Magnolia now, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're doing this podcast. This is great. Or anytime I'm in the West Village, I'm like, oh, so it's funny. It's making me more aware of even the places that I'm I'm going and, and doing and seeing what we can use and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, do you all think we should uh, listen to some voicemails? Yeah. And, and yeah, field yeah. some uh, questions from from the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. We we put out a phone number and got the listeners to uh, call in some VMs. So mm-hmm. let's do it. Awesome. Hi, Bradshaw boys. This is Jackie, and I'm a total Miranda with a little bit of Samantha sass. And I have a question that my favorite Bradshaw boy John posed on the first episode, and that is. Um, after watching the first season, what would you think is the most New York thing that happened and the least New York thing that happened? Also, Kevin, I think you have the voice of an angel. Bye. Wow. That's, we can, did you guys hear who her favorite Bradshaw boy was? Yeah, I did. But I also, Corey, why did you <laughs> Corey, what happened I there? Right. I Corey. feel like, I feel like if I was to put up a Facebook status about that call, it would just say feeling snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag feeling snubbed. Hashtag feeling snubbed. It basically she called, said nothing about me. She just called you an asshole. Basically nothing good about you. It's it's worse. Is it worse to have someone say something bad about you or to have them say nothing about you at all? Ooh, I think I think the I don't know, Kevin, do you have a um it's better to be hated than than forgotten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it it's true. It's it's like you it's better to be infamous than never be famous. Okay, at all. Oliver Stone. It's also no, the guy uh there's a, there's a there's a uh, that documentary I about thought it was the guy that Oliver Stone Trump. or is that the movie? No, That's it's, the director, it's Roger right? Stone. Oliver Whoops. Stone. Uh, it's it's called uh, Give Me Roger Stone. Give Me Roger Stone. It's yeah. about the guy that helped get Trump elected. He now I feel like an idiot. Yeah, I thought well, who's Oliver Stone? Oliver right. Stone directed uh, Natural Born. Killers. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I'm kidding. All right, and, let's add, let's add, uh, answer her question. Favorite Jackie posed the question: What is your favorite, uh, or what is the most and least New York thing in in the first season? That's a good question. It's a very good question. And least. <sighs> Um, I, oh, I don't know. I mean, we talked about this in the first episode, but, and John brought this up, but there's, when you first meet Miranda mm-hmm. and it has a little thing on te- the text that comes up, that says like Miranda Hobbs, corporate lawyer. It says woman. Esquire and we didn't know what that meant. Yeah, we Just like, idiots. I don't know what it's Oliver Stone is. Yeah, exactly. He's a director, but, uh, but it, she's in that deli with the hot food mm-hmm. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had said that's the most New York thing. Oh, I agree that that- Every deli still. That remains a very New York thing. Yeah, that, that's like, classic. hot food line of old wings and like yeah. vegetables and yeah. stuff. That's very New York. I'm trying to think of the least New York thing besides the money that we've we've just like will always be a theme that's like, of course, these people don't have as much money or Carrie doesn't have as much money. Um, <clears throat> I think- Go ahead. Sorry, I completely interrupted. No, you. no, no. It made me think about the money thing. And we've talked about this a little bit, but they they never take the subway. That's yes. completely not New York. That is so true. Cynthia Nixon takes the subway in real life. 
We did you talk to her about that when we met her? I saw her on the subway and I was like, "Move! I gotta get to work." <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that is. I think that's absolutely true. And I mean, Ab- <laughs> I just absolutely fucking lutely true. When I did when I did my taxes earlier this year, that's always I go through like line by line, and that's always when I realize I'm like, people don't take that many cabs in New York, and then it's the end of the year, and I look, and I'm just like. Whew. Ugh, that was way too much money on cabs. A lot of cabs. Um, but that is so right. I wonder if they do it all. I know it's a per like it's it's gotta be a shooting hassle, mm-hmm. but that is that takes it for yeah, these New York. Their their socioeconomic status, they would all be riding the subway all the time. Did you guys see uh right? recently um Daniel Day Lewis was on the subway with a yes. flip phone? Oh yes. And it was on it was somebody just like took a picture and tweeted and it was totally him. So it's like I mean, now Daniel Day Lewis is probably not like worth twenty five million dollars. He's only done like nine movies and he's won Oscars for ten. But it doesn't matter. I've seen William H. Macy and um his wife, uh Felicity Huffman. Yeah. I've seen them on the subway. I've seen I feel like you have to be pretty high status and rich to never to have a driver i've seen I, amy schumer on the subway but i think post it train even, wreck yeah i don't even uh i i don't think it has to do with money either it's a convenience thing like daniel day lewis if he didn't want to take the subway could afford a car he could get an uber he could play like, a car it, like he's not he could play a car <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's so many people on the subway yeah all the time. So many there's there's it's too crowded. Great, and that's why Cynthia Nixon's running for governor. Point. No, but there's lots of famous people on the subway all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you have to it, it's quicker to take the subway in in some parts than it is Absolutely. Um Yeah, than it is a car. So that is definitely the least New York thing. I think the least New York thing is that the uh lack of people of color and differences that you see. And I know it's this show is about these four women mm-hmm. and the city. But in New York, you you can't walk three feet without diversity all around you and and just a melting pot of wonderful and different cultures in your own. And uh, the show, from what I've, and we've talked about this with some too, there's no diversity at all. So far they're they're batting zero, very much zero. Right. And I think that that's like probably true with a lot of the sitcoms that took place in New York City in the 90s. I'm just thinking yeah. off the top of my head. But um, if they're trying to portray an accurate portrayal of the city as a character, uh, they did a pretty poor job representing it. Yeah. You know. There's a lot of white people. There are, they, I mean, like Stanford is Carrie's gay friends. Mm-hmm. That's like a little bit represented. There was an episode where Miranda gets set up with a lesbian mm-hmm. and they're supposed to play softball. They play softball, then yeah. they, but then they're like play like they're in a relationship. Right. Right. So like that's kind of represented, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. It's, it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty, pretty whitewashed. Well, thanks so much for the question, Jackie. That was, uh, that was really nice of you. Uh, let's, thanks. let's, Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Hey, this is the thank- voice of an angel, Kevin Doyle. And we would like to go to our second voicemail. Oh, Corey, did you have something you wanted to say? No, I figured I would just be invisible like I was in Jackie's voicemail. <laughs> All right. Oh, the one. Okay, go ahead. Hi there. My name is Tyler. As a straight uh, and busy man who has never seen Sex in the City, what would be your biggest pitch uh, to get me to watch your uh, Sex in the City? I would love to uh, listen to the podcast more, but just can't seem to find the motivation to watch the show. Uh, thanks. Bye. Tyler, thanks so much for the question. Busy, busy, straight man looking for a reason to watch Sex and the City. I mean, I think all three of us watch a bunch of different shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, I think I've been surprised by how good of a show it is. Yeah. Writing, like writing wise. And, 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 and everyone like we've fun. talked to just says the show gets a lot better. It, it's already a really great show. It's, it's 20, what, 20, how long is it? 22 minutes an episode? That's the other thing. It's really short. It's short. Yeah, it's short, so you can just kind of blaze through, mm-hmm. pick one up whenever you want. Right. Yeah. I would say one of the pitches is, one, the the length, and also the fact that, like, a lot of the shows I've been watching lately are are longer, but also are, like, playing more with 
genre or like it's it's hard to have an in. And I feel like the formulaicness of this is refreshing to sit down and be like, cool, I know what I'm getting. And um and it's it's high quality, so it's it's really good, but it's still like it's comforting. Like I've talked to people that love watching Blue Bloods because they're like, I know at the end they're gonna be the family Family dinner, dinner, baby. Yeah. Selleck's gonna be there. And it I did not even know that was the uh Is that the theme song or is that what Selleck does at dinner at That's what's playing in my head while I'm looking at Selleck's mustache. No, that's the theme song, baby. I'm not even that big of a fan. My roommate was. I would say I would say that 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 the formulaicness is a is an in that you'll enjoy it. Um, listening along to our podcast, of course, is is another in that you have. But as a straight person, as someone who went to school for theater, and I feel like it was like when I got into theater in high school, there were so many guys that were just like, you miss out on so much stuff if you're just like, I'm straight. Am I really gonna like? If it's good, it's good. Yeah. So Tyler, I mean. If it's good, it's good. And you sound, based on your voicemail and how great that voicemail was, mm-hmm. I feel like you're a man that appreciates good things. And this is some well-made TV, okay? Wow. Wow. Let's go to another voicemail. Yeah. That was a great answer, though. Voice of an angel. Hi, my name is Alan, and I have a question. Now, I'm curious to do a check of which character that you now relate to the most. Being 10 episodes in. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. What character do you relate to the most? Her question was. It was choppy. I think she was driving through a snowstorm or something. I think she was going into a tunnel. Grand Canyon. But that's fine. Her question was. Which character do we relate to the most? Yeah. Now, now that we've watched a season, what, what character do we relate to? Great question, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Was that (laughs) Ellen DeGeneres? That was Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, I, I have to say Carrie. Ooh. I have to say Carrie and not for, not for good reasons. Uh, for the reasons that people talk about, they talk about how Carrie can like see both sides of things and is indecisive. I Mm -hmm. think I am, I like Kevin and I were talking about this beforehand, but he was, we were saying something about like being indecisive and like always being tired because I stayed up too late and stuff. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And so I feel like I relate to Carrie because I'm always like, I don't know, you know? So yeah, I, I relate to her. I think you're making it negative. She asks questions to get to the bottom of things. And that is something that that's something that you do. You're and like, she no. surrounds herself with a good tribe of, of ladies that can help navigate her and life you weigh, through the city. You weigh your options to get further to the truth. Yeah, don't neg her. That's Corey. That's I'm. So, I didn't mean to neg her. I was gonna follow it up by saying I hate myself. Don't neg yourself. <laughs> Forget so, what Jackie didn't say about you and move past been it. Very hard to shake off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, that's true. Then she she's inquisitive about things. She's yeah. always like, I couldn't help but wonder. And then she asked the question that gets us into the episode. So I I relate with her because I always can't help but wonder why didn't Jackie mention me. <laughs> I I feel like out of um during my middle school and high school years I related most to Capote Duncan cuz pretty much all I was thinking about was I want to have sex tonight and that wasn't happening. Um now as an adult I feel like I relate more out of the four girls if we isolate it to them I think I've got to go Miranda but that feels like a brag because it's I don't Go ahead. I I think it. I can see how that feels like a brag, especially because right now, like we've talked about, how everyone yeah. kind of wants to be a Miranda now. But you do, as a hobby, like you have told me before. I was just listening to the Supreme Court case today. Like you're really into <laughs> legal stuff, and you're into arguing. Yeah, you sent me one time like a Wikipedia. You sent me a Wikipedia page that was like the structure of how to argue. Oh yeah, and I was, and as a person who loves to get a lot of ideas from a lot of people and be like, Hmm, what should I do? I was like, why would you want to learn this? (laughs) I think you sent that to me too. And I was like, yes, yes. Cause it has all these like, so I, I, yeah, I, I think I like that. And I think she's written as a character. Yes. But also I feel like in that sense, she is written like a good lawyer. Um, with that in mind, I think, um, 
what Charlotte's an art dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Cattrall's PR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Samantha. PR. Yeah. Samantha does PR and events. PR obviously carries written as a writer. Um, but I feel like the fact that Cynthia Nixon is a lawyer comes through in her personality mm. in a lot of ways. So, yeah. um, so I would say that. Ellen, great question. I consider myself a shmuel. Next, next question. <laughs> shmuel from uh, the it was the third episode, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, okay. I relate to shmuel pretty, pretty thoroughly. Moving on. Next question. Hi, Bradshaw boys. This is Brittany, one of your faithful listeners. Um, we talk a lot about how much the girls change over the seasons and all of the expectations we have of how their characters are going to develop. You guys have all lived in New York for, I think, many years, all of you. How has the city changed you? What are your biggest personality changes since living in New York City? Looking forward to the last episode. Bye. Fantastic question, Brittany. Thank Great you so question. Much. Thank oh you. Oh my Brittany. goodness. Wow. That was that was really well thought out. Honestly, just setting up the voicemail and then being like, I hope we have one. So the fact that these are so thoughtful are so nice. I mm-hmm. love it. Um especially Jackie's. Hers was really nice. Oh my gosh, I want to die. I will say when I go home, um my my parents will will comment about how like i need to be doing stuff they're like mm, just chill yeah. like, and and i do i do think someone said when they were like leaving new york they're moving away and they're just like they're like yeah everyone needs to go at some point i'm like there are old people and they're like look at any old person here and tell me they look healthy oh, man. <laughs> and it's like oh geez and i was just like oh and and i do think that um i wanted to live in a city before I didn't know it'd be New York, but I, I definitely, I remember after like school dances and stuff, I'd be like, is there stuff still going on? And that was like the saddest time growing up. And I wanted to be at a place where stuff was going on. Now that I've been here for like 10 years, there is something that it's like, I, it is difficult to turn off. Yeah. And that is something that I tr- would like to be better at. And I'd like to be healthier in those ways, but it is, it plays into my personality and I enjoy that. But I don't want to. I don't want to grow up and accept that more and more until someone's like, "Oh yeah, they're the annoying, neurotic, crazy New Yorker that's always doing stuff and can't relax." You know. So, but I I feel like Kevin that you are you are you're still chill in a sense where like you always like to go do stuff as do I, mm-hmm. but I think that you're not like crazy super neurotic about it too. I I don't know, but oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's a really uh, good question. I think that I have changed. Uh, I moved to New York to sur- surround myself with like ultra creative people. Uh, I had a lot of friends that lived here, so I kind of cheated in the whole moving process. Coming here with a built-in community, uh, but just being around people who are the best at what I, what they do. You know how, how you, wherever you grew up, you had the person in your high school or your town who was like, this person's the best at whatever that is. Well, all of those people moved to New York and it's like this, like this city full of just greatness Mm. and people who are, uh, driven and motivated. And I think, uh, I moved here, so some of that would rub off on me, and I'm not sure if it has. I hope it has, mm. but uh, if you pretty much can walk up to anyone on the street in New York City, and they're going to be interesting, they're going to be driven, they're going to be hustlers, they're going to be creative in some way, and uh, I think I hopefully have have received a lot of those attributes along the way as well. So that's that would be my answer. Is I don't know. Was that a humble brag? Maybe a little bit. No, no, I don't think it is at all. I think that's I. I think there's truth to that, and uh, and it's it's one of the things that people can can rag on, like New Yorkers about. But I I think there's truth to it, and you know the proof is in the pudding, the banana cream pudding. From oh, Magnolia, Magnolia Bakery. Bakery. <laughs> Patricia Field. Oh, sorry, I thought. 
<laughs> Patricia Field has made a dress made of magnolia banana. I pudding. thought we were saying her name again together. Oh, I, I wish. I, I, wish I wish we would have that synchronicity. Patricia, Patricia Field. Field. You did it. <laughs> you did it. Um, I think. Corey, what's yours? Thanks. Uh, mine is that I have changed because I live in New York and I now have tuberculosis. <laughs> That's what happened. I came here clean. I don't know if it has to do with the city, but I do now have. Are you telling the truth? I have a very wet cough. (laughs) And then if you get around me, don't get too close. Because it is. I don't know how to cure it. It happened in 08. That like, it's like, man, New York City, the energy, everybody makes each other better. But it's like, there's a tuberculosis outbreak. And it's like, no, but the bagels are insane. And no one leaves. (laughs) You gotta go to Joe's Pizza. Get it? Yeah, you gotta. Do, you gotta do the fold. No, I um, I did. I, I did have a friend who lived here for fourteen years, and she told me one time that she was like, "If you're ever on the subway and you hear someone close to you with a wet cough, don't get close because that means they have tuberculosis." And I was like, "That still happens. That's still in the world in America. Um, it's still a thing." Um, no, I moved. I wanted to move to New York. Since I was a little kid, I was like a big David Letterman fan. And I would mm. always watch Letterman and I would think it was so funny. I would talk about the city. And and then it took me a little while to move here after college. And then I finally moved here. And the, the day that I moved here, it was uh, June 25th was the first like full day I was here. And I went outside and it was so hot. And I looked out at the street on 109th Street and uh, I said... Oh my gosh, this is just a giant filthy city. <laughs> and it was like all my expectations were just like But then the great thing was I sort of realized they like, cleaned it up. They cleaned it up. <laughs> Thank you, Bloomberg. Uh no. But it but it like made me I think it made me realize the amount of heart that New York has. Mm-hmm. And coming from uh, I'm from North Carolina and everyone's like, you know, it's like nice Southern kind of slower in some like places, you know, like it's just like slower pace of life. And I think I was always like afraid of people being rude and being mean. And what I realized is New York has like a real charm. And I think it's changed me because I have also in some ways like seen the benefits of rudeness almost Mm. not rudeness, but like, I remember there was like a, a specific thing, I, a decision I had to make where I was like, when you get off the subway and someone's walking in front of you, do you say like, here, no, no, you go ahead. And I was like, no, the more polite thing to do is to walk yeah. and go through the gate. If first, you want to have sex tonight, you tell someone. That's what Capote Duncan <laughs> would do. But no, I think it's like showed me a little bit of saying like, yeah, quickness and like yeah. you're actually like helping other people out doing yeah. that. And it showed me kind of how to like move in a crowd i guess <laughs> so you can uh, navigate disney lines like crazy oh my now. gosh it's insane i can like walk through a crowd pretty fast but i don't know it's and also i just feel like you're consistently engaged here yeah. and i love that i love just like being able to walk around like you're, all, you're you're constantly ready to get married constantly constantly just so many people um i, I that's sorry go ahead i was just gonna i was gonna do shout out to the one of the best onion articles of all time that i'm sure some of you remember, but my friend... Um, Shout out to the onion! Uh, because it is, like, just even based on our answers, which which we all believe, but, like, people, I think we can get a... New Yorkers get a bad rap of being, like, it's, like, amazing here. And, because uh, uh, we have pride in our city. But uh, the Onion article, 8.4 million New Yorkers suddenly realize New York City is a horrible place to live. <laughs> I, that's such a funny article. At 4.32 Tuesday, every single resident of New York City decided to evacuate the famed metropolis, having realized it was nothing more than a massive trash-ridden hellhole that slowly sucks the life out of every one of its inhabitants. It's like... That's why we got Brooklyn. <laughs> I just thought that when that came out, I feel like... So many people around here were sharing it. Just be like, what are we doing? That's funny. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah, it um, could happen at any moment. That was a great question, Brittany. Yeah. Thank you question. so much for that question. Thank Let's you, get Brittany. to the, Should we sprinkle in, uh, Kevin, you want to hit us with the trivia? Hit us with the SAT trivia. I'm going to hit you with the trivia. Drop some trivia. Shout out to the trivia. In season one, episode three, the girls meet in front of a movie theater that has a poster for the movie Godzilla. Star of that movie is Sarah Jessica Parker's husband, Matthew Broderick. No way. That is so sweet. Hmm. 
I didn't. Huh. I didn't know that. Trivia. Things that make you say, "Huh," <laughs> make you say, "Huh." No, what no. about that, Master P? Master Q? Question. All right, let's get to uh, next, next question. question. Hi, Bradshaw boys. This is Lindsay Schram calling. I like to consider myself Kevin Doyle's Capote Duncan. <laughs> um, I think a good question that I would have for you guys would just be. In the past, in your dating history, when have you dated a Charlotte or Ooh. a Carrie or a Miranda or a Samantha? I want to hear, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, did you most enjoy dating a Samantha, or was the Samantha good from the outside, but on the inside, really, really bad? I think that's kind of what I want to hear, is, like, digging more into your dating past and how each of these women's archetypes lines up to you each individually. Keep up the fabulous work. Love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Also, Kevin sucks. What'd she say? Also, Kevin sucks. Uh, it's funny that you love you mean it. I, wow, your Capote Duncan, which means if she's your Capote Duncan, that means she wanted to have sex with you tonight. Ooh. And then she just wanted to know about our dating histories. I mean, there's a lot of info there. A lot of info, Lindsay Schram. That it's a great question. Um, wanting to know our our specific. Uh, if we've ever dated uh, one of the archetypes in the show. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I dated, uh, I dated a Miranda. Okay. Um, a, a high powered lawyer mm. uh, who I always thought it was amazing because uh, this is through, through Bumble. And I feel like. Shout out to Bumble. <laughs> shout out. This has been brought to you by. Patricia. Patricia Field. Um, I I dated a Miranda and I feel like it was unique because we met on Bumble and I wouldn't have been able to meet a person like that. Like the places that she hung out and the the amount of money she made and she was like, I went to like one of the best law schools in the country and graduated at the top of her class and you, we could tell our lives were like on different paths, <laughs> but it was kind of interesting because i don't think we would have met in a normal way mm -hmm. uh and it was fun and it didn't think feel like it was gonna last but she was just like power worker like had you know basically 70 hour work weeks like set out in front of her for the rest of her life and right. we had it was really fun to get to know her and it was really interesting connecting with someone and enjoying the time and also being like yeah, this is this is definitely not gonna work out is it because she found your spanking videos it's <laughs> Yeah, you who, can be it, honest. Here's a follow up question: If she was your Miranda, who were you to her? Were you Ooh, her skipper? That's... Were you her skipper? Were you her spanking video guy? Well, she, there we did go. Were on you a, the guy that showered after sex? Oh, were you? The I, I probably guy? was that actually. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was probably the, the guilt ridden religious guy. Yeah. Oh, guilt, perfect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but there was a there was a good move where I was out with a few guys. I think you were there, Corey. But we were, we talked about like the ones that got away and I, we went on a few dates and then I hadn't talked to her for like six months. And we all thought about like some girl we dated that we like, we're like, let's talk. And we all put our phones in and we all got messages out to him. And we just said, send a message. I don't think I was there for this. Okay. That it was send a message and then we put our phones down and then see if any of them respond. I definitely was not oh, okay. there for that. And, and we all did that. Like we had someone in mind, sent a message, said, what's up? And then I looked and I was like, she messaged back. I looked at it and said, who is this? I don't have this number. That's amazing. But then I straight up was just like, uh, we went on a date last year. I wondered what you're up to. Wanted to go out again. And then we ended up uh, going on a few more dates after that. So it was, oh, a, it was a quick little rekindle with Miranda. Coming in hot. My, my, my answer to this question is just super boring. I, I didn't date a lot in, I think all these, the women in the show, are pretty grown up and mature women. You know, I think the the fact that they're in their thirties, they're living in New York city, they're established, they have careers, uh, says, you know, that defines a lot of their attributes. And I, I didn't really date anyone in my adult life other than my wife. I dated like some, a couple people in college and I don't think any of them were even close to any of the girls on the show. Maybe like, Maybe they were both. Maybe they were like all Charlottes, mm -hmm. except not nearly as like neurotic. But like, I feel like Charlotte really, 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 really wants to get married. And when you're dating someone like who's 
22 or 23 that is like they put a lot of that on you like where they're like the whole relationship is defined about them wanting to get married as fast as possible at least in my uh-huh. religious liberal arts college so uh that that's like the only aspect out of the the four women that I'm familiar with dating. Never never dated a Miranda. Never dated a Samantha. Don't think I ever dated a uh, a Carrie. I dated Candace Bushnell, who wrote. Oh, <laughs> I remember wrote, that. Who wrote the Carrie Diaries and the the she uh, wrote the book that's all she wrote the book on. that it's based on. And and we're getting dinner next week. Get at it. Was she in the when you put your phones in the middle? You up, you Candace? Yeah. <laughs> um, I dated. I think I I think I kind of dated a Miranda once, sort of. Uh, but I did date I dated this one girl who we went on one date, and um, she was sort of a Carrie in the sense that she was a writer. Um, I guess she would probably be a Carrie with some Samantha sass, because but only like mostly just she just like wanted to give me so much sass. And I think Kevin's heard this story, but we we met on Tinder. And uh, we went out to get drinks and she immediately started like negging me. Like she just started. She was like, I looked at your website and I was like, explain what negging means. Cause some people don't wait. So you're saying people didn't watch the pickup artist. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's where (laughs) negging comes from. Negging means I don't like that word, but someone used it to me recently. I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Negging is like when you're mean to someone. Wasn't it me a couple minutes ago when I said don't (laughs) neg Carrie? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't even. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was asleep. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 being mean to someone to try to get them to like you. Yeah. It's kind of like being like, mm, I'm a little minx. It's yeah. like that kind of thing. Your shirt's a little little tight on you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you're like, I'm really self conscious about my weight. But this was she was like she was like, I looked at your website. Yeah, it looks like some of the stuff you're doing seems kind of dated. And I was like, oh, thanks. excuse me. And um, but for some reason, I was just like, okay, cool, let's go with this. And we got like, I think one or two drinks there. Then we went to another like fancy cocktail lounge and got like six drinks or something. We ended up spending $250 on drinks that night. And, uh, and, but I remember she was a writer in New York and like wanted to, I think she was like really into sex in the city. And, uh, we had this like crazy night. And then the next day we talked and she was like, should we do that again? And I was like, I don't think we should do that again. Did you guys, did you guys kiss the night before? We did kiss the night before we, uh, we, I went to this story has been brought to you by negging and how much it works. (laughs) (laughs) We did, we did like, we kissed the night before, but the way we kissed was like, we kind of looked at each other and we just sort of like we like uh head-on collisioned into each other's faces (laughs) and uh, it was just like probably the worst looking thing ever um so i guess she was yeah she was kind of a kind of a carry and uh yeah so i don't know i don't think i've i don't know if i i think if i'd ever dated a charlotte it would be like in john scenario like in like youth groups and school or something like that um I feel like every every like religious twenty something year old woman is Charlotte, right? That's yeah. Did I just offend a whole bunch of people? Or they're Charlotte until they turn into a Samantha. Hey, hey. Well, that's a great question. Let's uh, let's get to the next question. Hello, this is Jimbo calling from Chicago. Um, I have a question about one of the episodes that goes back a few uh, episodes ago. You were talking about guys playing handball in New York City. Um, were those guys wearing handball gloves by any chance, or in New York do they just play with bare hands? I'd really like to know that. Uh, I would appreciate a, a, your uh, educated answer. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Bye now. Jimbo, great question. Jimbo. Really, Jimbo is really listening to the podcast and watching the show for handball s- specifics. I appreciate that. There have been a few references to handball, though. There There's been a few shots of that, right? Was that one or I more think than one? I it was one? just one. Well, do you want to give context on this, John? We had a handball discussion on the podcast one right. time. Yeah, we, we talked about handball, uh, specifically a time when my dad visited us and he went out on the courts in the West 4th Street and, and you know, tried to talk to the guys with his... Uh, he had his his uh, belt with his cell phone holster, which uh-huh. is a sign of a Midwest dad. <laughs> and uh, shout out to cell phone holsters. And uh, they weren't feeling it. So uh, we were we were talking about that. But Jimbo wanted to know if uh, people in New York or people on the episode wore handball gloves. Uh, yeah, I would say I don't remember the episode. Mm-hmm. I think he said the episode, which which I from what I see, 
it's bare hand. Yeah. And when I go past the West Fourth Courts, it's bare hand. Yeah. Jimbo, they're raw dogging it. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Hey, Next question. I have a question, John. What what what's your dad's name? My dad? Yeah. James. Nice. Wait a second. Yeah. Hi, Bradshaw boys. This is Tracy. I'm a big fan of the show. Um, but, you know, when I was really super into watching Sex in the City, which was probably back in my college days, all my girlfriends were obsessed with it. And we would always talk about who we were. We were like, oh, she's such a Charlotte. She's such a Samantha. Um, like, I feel like I'm probably, probably a Miranda, but I wish I was a Samantha. Like, I'm projecting a Samantha. Um, and so I would think it'd be fun if you guys could place yourself in the four women. I know you sometimes like relating to the men, but in terms of just the women, are you a Samantha? Are you a Charlotte? And also, I think it'd be interesting to have your friends rate you to see if see if it's different answers to what you think you are as to what other people see you as, because sometimes that's different. All right. Have a great show. All right. Well, Tracy, I feel like we already we already rated ourselves. Uh do we do? Yeah, we did. A, we did who we are. We did who we are. I said I was a character. As characters, Kevin, Miranda. I'm Shmuel. 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 I think it would. That'd be an interesting thing for the future, though, to get people to rate us. Set up a little online poll. Yeah, and uh, and what I think would be fun. We talked about this at one. It'd be fun to get someone. Maybe we'll have a doctor or something. Personality, but do personality tests. Mm, on, yeah. On the characters, on some women. of the characters, yeah. Um, and in order to do that, we'd have to have like some listeners, um, uh, maybe that know the characters well enough, uh, to do their test for them. So, um, so we'd love to do that, and we kind of already answered that. But if any of you out there, uh, based on us talking so far, or our friends want to let us know what we are, we we would love to know. All right, and we're back. Let's do a uh, let's. Let's hit another cue here. Hello, this is Sandy, and I am John Sieber's mom. And I am curious to know why there is so much talk about sex on the show and often perverted types of sex. But I have no grandchildren. Just curious. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sad wow. So that good. Ouch. Dang. Oh, man. Sandy Sieber serving up. I'm also mess. your youngest son, so don't blame me for not having any grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard about the grand the grandchild hope chest? No. Oh, I gotta I gotta diverge here real quick and, and tell the listeners about my mom's plan to produce grandchildren. <laughs> about six Christmases ago, she formed the grandchild hope chest. And it's basically a basket of, of really awful artifacts that she thinks is going to entice us to have grandchildren. There's like a rocking horse, a jack-in-the-box, and every Christmas she gets it out and gets all excited because whoever has the first grandchild gets the hope chest. <laughs> but it's like, it's literally all stuff we would just throw away. I told her, I said, if you want a, a grandchild, sweeten the pot. Put 500000 in there, you will have a grandchild in nine months. Oh my gosh. Dude, dude, that is, th that was just so much funnier than I thought it'd be when she said, this is John's mom. Yeah. Not only did she say sex and also perverted, perverted sex. Well, you know what, mom, I've Let's, told you a couple times not to listen and don't watch the show and you're the one doing it. So. This is what I want. This is how I want to handle this question. I want us to go around and each say what what was the most perverted sex that happened in the first in the first episode in the first episode in the, the first, first season? season in the first okay. season which oh, i jeez i would say uh i would say the man the most truly perverted is the man videotaping the models yeah but then what after that was there any cuz i'm trying to think what actually would be perverted sex um, I mean, it, it, I would think it would be anyone that's not doing a missionary. <laughs> Just kidding. Any, uh, well, it's all well, perverted because it's outside of marriage. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think there's the whole episode about the guy that wants to do butt sex with Charlotte. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. could say it, but they don't do it. They don't do butt sex. Oh yeah. Um, there isn't there a thing where Samantha does a whole deal where Samantha dates a guy who thinks it's hotter to not have sex? Is that like 
twistedly perverted. Ooh, that's real perverted. But there's a weird thing where it's like, we're mentally having Yeah, there's sex. celibacy in there, Mom. You heard it. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you, Sandy. Thank we'll you. try and I'll try and swear less on it. Or you could produce a grandchild for her. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. You could, you could, uh, what's it called? Surrogate it for her? Surrogate it. Surrogate it. So he, so we're running out of time here. So here's what we're going to do for these last ones. We're going to do, Jeremy, our producer is going to play the question and we're going to do rapid fire answers. Uh, so just one person answer. Kevin, you're first. And we're going to try to get through the rest of these questions. Hi, this is a question for the Bradshaw boys. This is Becky. And I was wondering, who do you think of the four main characters is the most quote unquote woke and the least quote unquote woke? That's it. Thanks. Who's woke? I would say clearly the answer of most would be Miranda. And I would say least would definitely be Mr. Big. Ooh, all right. Interesting. All right. Hey, this is Harlan. First time caller, long time listener. Um, I'm just wondering what you guys think. Like, who is the most attractive lead character in the first season? Huh? Let me know. I'm I'm curious. Thanks. The most attractive lead character. I'm guessing he means one of the four ladies. And I'm going to answer that by saying I think they're all attractive in their own ways. I mean... I think I got to say this. I I, I kind of have a soft spot for uh, Carrie in the opening. Every time we see her, I'm like, man, she looks so great there. And also, Amelita in the one episode. Amelita, the the woman that the was Italian? like the Italian. She's she's really hot. And then, uh, but I mean, the real one is Capote Duncan. Capote. Capote Duncan or Lainey. All right, and on to the next question. Hey, Bradshaw boys. My name is Katie. And I have a question about Carrie's financial situation. Is it ever addressed how she lives such a fabulous lifestyle? She writes a column that is in a New York, like a lower newspaper, possibly. And it only comes out once a week. How is she going to brunch and affording all that designer footwear and all of that? I mean, I know it's TV, but I would love some answers. All right. Have fun. Can't wait to listen to the show. I think uh, that, that's a question that a lot of our guests have said is very unrealistic. Uh, I think she's uh, riding the uh, big teat. I think she's uh, got a sugar daddy and Mr. Big and he's treating her. He's treating her well. That that would be my guess. Next question. <laughs> going to be too late. Um, I hope not because I literally just got up from my desk. Um, I live and work in Sydney, Australia, and have binge listened to this podcast the last three days. I have one more episode to go. And I just randomly opened Instagram at my desk and saw your post about calling. I was like, hell yes, I don't care if it's five minutes late. I'll try it anyways. Um, I don't have a question. Just want to say this is so hilarious. Um, you guys have absolutely made my last three days. I love so much how you appreciate the show and aren't just tearing it apart, which you could maybe expect to happen from three guys watching it um so i love how you're really you know giving justice to it and appreciating all the little nuances and i just love the the new york tie-ins and the really random tangents that you go off on um i've been in australia for three years and it makes me feel like i'm living back in new york um which i miss every day so thank you guys you're doing an amazing job um even if this does against the podcast just want to tell you anyways so yay thank you bye that is so nice. Oh my gosh. That is fantastic. Those birds chirping in the background too? Oh yeah, my goodness. Oh, we're it sounds beautiful. You guys, I swear that's not my mom. That was not my mom. Also, <laughs> one thing I don't have in Australia is any grandchildren. So that was <laughs> that so That was great. very, very kind. Thank oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that voicemail. And I, I, I will say from three people that have lived in New York for a while, and it sounds like you lived here for a while too, I'm glad that we can make you feel like you get to be around New York again. That's yeah. great. That's I'm, awesome. Yeah, it's really that was really nice. I wish I I know you're missing Australia, but I wish that I or you're missing New York in Australia. I wish I could be in Australia, especially since it's spring and the weather's you know forty degrees. Um. Yeah. That was that's an, when we started doing this. It was just an idea, and we we uh didn't we were like wanted to do this even if no one listened. So the fact that like anybody has listened honestly does mean a lot. Um and. 
I know we have some friends in Australia. So if we can, if we can ever, if you can get enough fans in Australia for it to make it worth it for us to come out, we will do a live show and we will have it uh, all. Well, we'll have our own live band there because because we have a friend down in Australia who's a great musician, mm-hmm. um, and he'll be our live band. So hopefully we can come down to Australia. And thank you for calling. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, let's get to our next question. That was really that was really nice of that. Australian hey, Bradshaw boys. Uh, this is Katie here. I have a question. So, is it? Do we know how well did the girls get along off the screen? Were they all friends, or was there some drama? I'd love to know. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Katie. Uh, you sound really familiar, like specifically in the middle of our episodes and at the <laughs> beginning. Uh, Katie, great question. Um, I think, and we, we talked about this with our, our guest, Jillian Anthony for our last episode, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, but, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall are not getting along very well right now. Uh, there was a, it started with an Instagram comment. They're in a big feud and Kim Cattrall doesn't want to do the last, the next movie. Uh, I know that, um, Miranda and Carrie in real life, uh, Cynthia Nixon and SJP, they get along really well. And I, I think Kristen Davis gets along well with them. Kristen Davis, if you follow her Twitter, she does like a ton of animal humanitarian stuff. She put up this video of a pilot flying a monkey out of the jungle to like a monkey rehabilitation center. And it was really cute and adorable. So she seems really nice and seems like she would just get along with anyone. That's awesome. Thanks for the question, Katie. All right. Thank you so much for those questions. That was, that was really great to hear from some of the fans and, and uh, that nice one from Australia. Holy cow. That made my night. Crikey. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. Let's, uh, let's, let's end the show by going around the circle and let's each share our favorite scene from season one. Do you want to do like a Cosmo rating for the entire season? Let's just do our guy final thoughts on yeah. on the, on the uh, season. I'll start because I feel like this might uh, get stolen, but I would say uh, the scene, the most memorable scene was when they break in to get the rabbit back from Charlotte. Uh, oh yeah. I just so think it was shot really well and it was so funny and it was like, legit one of those movies that one of those scenes that broke through and was like, man, even if I wanted to be a cynic, I can't, this is just funny. And, and it was great that it was coming from Charlotte. Who's like the most like put together character just to her, like getting addicted to a vibrators, a great little twist on her character. Um, and I just thought it was awesome. And then I, I would just say like the joy of watching the pilot for the first time yeah. and that change for me, that that was my favorite episode that I walked away with being like, what a great, first episode so um so that's that's my moment and i guess my episode uh mine what my favorite scene is the cab ride scene from the valley Mm. of 20 something guys yeah where it's the four of them charlotte has this guy she's dating that wants to have anal sex with her and it's like this scene i mean it's like a famous uh, sex in the city scene and she's with carrie and they go to pick up each one of the girls in the cab and I rewatched it before we recorded tonight. And it's so interesting because they go through, they pick up each girl. Everyone has their own, like, very Sex in the City character. Like, mm-hmm. of the four girls, they've got their own take on it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Samantha's like, a hole is a hole. And then, Charlotte, <laughs> and then Charlotte's like, I'm not a hole. And then Miranda's is all about, like, what's the power thing of this? And then, and then there's the cab driver who is this, like, I think he's an older Indian man mm-hmm. and he keeps looking back and they're like, don't look. And then at some point at the end, he laughs and then he slams on the brakes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and they're like, that's the preview. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's not hacky. It's like, uh, it's almost like schlocky a little mm-hmm. bit where it's like a little like kind of winky, but it, I feel like it's like perfect for the show and it's great. Yeah. It, the, the scenes when they're all together doing their goofs. Love it. It's great. Great. I'm going to go with the obvious choice here. Probably be hated, but, uh, particularly because of it's a great memory of all of us watching it together. Uh, and it is just the dick on, on the bus. Uh, it was with our, our guest, Shanae Alexander, and we all had our face masks on and none of us really knew it was coming. And she prepped us and she's like, guys, 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 this is it. This is the scene. And it kind of felt like, you know, when you're, you're watching a movie or a TV show and, 
like you're comfortable talking through it and like and someone's like get ready this is the best part this mm-hmm. is the best part and and we were just like also pumped and and excited to see that scene and we had such a good conversation with Shanae that I think that was my favorite uh moment with the Bradshaw boys and so probably my favorite scene I have to say, I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm glad we have a lot more left and it's just been way as much fun as I thought it'd be and like way more. So yeah. thank you guys. Thank you guys. I think a, a, a moment of when we, when we watch the show and there's the opening now, like Selena, our guest told us about the continuity error, mm-hmm. which I think is really funny. But the thing about watching it is, did you guys watch the office at all? Yeah. So like the, opening song for the, for the American mm-hmm. office and for the British office too, actually the like handbags and glad yeah. rags, like, but the American one, the like, that I remember after hearing that I used to work with a guy who had that as his ringtone. And uh-huh. he was like, my wife and I say, this is like the happiness song. Cause they love watching it so much right. together. And I feel like when we watch this show, when I hear like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 I get pretty stoked. Oh yeah. I love it. I it's love watching best. it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this journey for the first season. We uh, look very forward to the second season with you all. Some great guests coming up and some more goofs and spoofs. And plenty of more sex and plenty of more of this great city we call New York. We'll see you later. Bradshaw boys are out. The Bradshaw boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.